Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management. On WTMJ. Know the difference? Team Tech Trust. It is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 4th. I'm Danny Clayton. Morning, Mark Oswald. May the 4th, right? How about it? May the 4th be with you. That's, that's right. right. Derek Felsky, good morning to you. Good and morning, David Danny. J. Spano. How about it? We finally get some sunshine. We got some sunshine. It looks beautiful outside. A nice day today. And I think for sure Derek's going to go out and probably play some golf this afternoon. But yesterday we had a fantastic jobs report. Saw a number of unemployment that we have not seen in more than 50 years, Mark. I think I was five years old, 1969, of course, and we're talking about unemployment rate now at 3.6%. You think about where that number was back in 2008 and 2009 when we really had that economy that was spiraling downward, right? And people were really panicked about jobs and the stock market and everything else that was going on, their banks, et cetera. And the growth that we've had since then, guys, when you start thinking back to 2008, 2009, March of 2009, and what the market's done in the first half of this year already, with the S&P up about 17%. Those are some tremendous numbers. They are. In fact, um, only 15 times since 1950 has the S&P 500 been up the first four months of the year. And we actually did some research on this this week, and we actually found that the subsequent to that four-month performance, the S&P on average rallied 10% more. So, so clearly, the fundamentals behind the recent rally are, are fairly strong, given the jobs number. Uh, and we also heard from the Fed, Dave. We did hear from the Fed, and it, it was interesting, the fact that, you know, what are they going to do going forward? But before we leave that, I do want to talk a little bit more about that unemployment report, where the rate is now down to 3.6%, and that is a fantastic number. But there's a little part of that that I want to talk about, which is called the participation rate. Right. I mean, it's a little bit deceptive, because what we're looking at is the, the number of unemployed as a function of the size of the workforce. And what we saw was a 490,000 person decline in the labor force. So while the jobs number was better than expectations, it certainly wasn't quite as strong as, as some would have thought just on the, reading the headline. So are, the, are those people, Derek, that have just kind of fallen out of the market in terms of they're not looking for jobs anymore? Are they people that retire, reach age 65, and just come out of the work pool? It's a lot of those things. There, there are all sorts of technicalities. And, and one of the things I've realized recently is a lot of the government statistics that we rely on, whether it's the jobs report or these inflation reports, reports, you know, they don't necessarily adequately capture what's really going on in this economy. For example, earlier in the week, we had a productivity report. Now, remember, productivity has languished for any number of years. And the thing about productivity that's important is if you have greater productivity, it allows higher growth without inflation, which then allows companies to raise wages without impacting inflation. And this is part of the kind of the second half recovery scenario that the market seems to be pricing in. So we talked uh, a lot about where we are with the rate of uh, unemployment 
unemployment in the fact we'll remember 2008 and 2009 when it was double digit and those people who weren't participating was significantly higher. So we have come a long way over the last 10 years. But we mentioned the Fed as well. And the Fed is is interesting because they have this dual mandate, one of them being inflation, which we still don't see inflation, guys. Right. I mean, Powell basically thought, mentioned in his press conference, which triggered a sharp sell-off in the market. You know, they saw his comments as somewhat hawkish because he suggested that the current low rates of inflation are transitory, that there are impacts in, say, the financial services sector that have caused uh, prices to decline. And he believes that inflation may tick up because the bond market, Mark, has essentially been pricing in more Fed fund rate cuts, which frankly doesn't look possible given the data. Well, especially given the one data point that I just really focused on in the unemployment report, which was wage inflation. We're talking about price inflation, but wage inflation is important here, too. You have 3.2% annualized wage inflation in this report, and that mimics what we saw last month. That number is getting consistently higher now. Where it used to be about 1.5% or 2%. Now 3.2% wage inflation means people have more money in their pocket, theoretically at least. They're going to spend more money, and that drives GDP. And that might lead the Fed to do something at some point in time, but probably not cut rates. Yeah, that certainly is one of the risk factors. And the other couple, you know, I was thinking about some of the other risk factors that we face, given how strong the markets have been. You know, the dollar's been persistently strong, but that really isn't showing up in corporate results this quarter, but it might next quarter. Of course, the trade deal the Fed, you know, will they pivot perhaps towards higher rates, and will global growth reaccelerate? That's the bet that investors are making as cyclical stocks outperform dramatically this week. So, what we're going to talk about next is uh, is where we are with the market. We had a good day uh, on the Dow Jones, up nearly 200 points uh, yesterday. Uh, the S and P 500 is at 2945, which is you know we talked about a 3,000 S and P number last quarter, and here we are right against that number. And we'll continue that conversation, Danny, after the break. Thank you, Dave. Dave Spano, Annex Wealth Management. It's 1013 at WTMJ. AnnexWealth.com is the website. Uh, go to that and uh, hit that Get Started button. You get that free portfolio analysis. A couple of things. When you head to AnnexWealth.com, up in the upper right corner, you'll see an Events tab. Click that, and you'll see what we've got going. And there's a couple of seminars that you might be interested in, especially for our uh, listeners in the Fox Valley. In Appleton, Saving the Family Cottage. It happens on the 14th of this month, 6 o'clock. That's going to happen at our Annex Wealth Management offices in Appleton. And then Destination Retirement. If you're in the North Shore, uh, we're holding that at our Mequon office. Destination Retirement, Are We There Yet, is really good. A pre-retirement workshop, no pressure. Uh, it's just it's fantastic. We're going to run through the steps. Uh, you don't have to be a client for that. And again, that happens on the 15th. You can get complete details at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that events tab in the upper right corner. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management on WTMJ. Money tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, May 4th. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Get that free portfolio analysis. If you're looking for branches, we've got a bunch. Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton. We're downtown inside the Fister and Annex Everywhere. If you can hear WTMJ, we certainly would love to talk to you. So the unemployment report came out as we spoke of the uh, S&P and Dow were up big. The Dow Jones up nearly 200 points yesterday in, in our rally 
continues. That started on December 24th, and we start to go into earnings season, and we see so many of these companies that are coming out and beating expectations, Mark, which is not surprising. No, it's not. When you start to think about analysts, right, they always have forward guidance, and you start to think about where they peg the earnings and the revenue for particular companies, pick Apple or Amazon or something like that, and then the company comes out and reports both their revenue and their earnings number, and about 67% of the time this quarter, that number is higher than what we expected it to be. So the beat rate, the rate of companies that beat their estimates, about 67%, that's a meaningful number, Derek, because historically, you know, when, when you have that kind of beat rate, that means the stocks are going pretty good, and it's supportive of the stock market. Yeah, it is. I mean, the other aspect to that is you know, revenues and then guidance. And what we've seen this quarter is, while companies are beating at a higher than normal rate, as you mentioned, Mark, on re- the revenue side, they're not beating by as much as they had in that past. And that could be because of uncertainty about China and U.S. trade. It could be because of global economic weakness. It could be because of the dollar. But essentially, you know, companies like to underpromise and overdeliver. So when you have a company that misses estimates, its talk simply gets slaughtered because generally they beat a low bar that they set themselves artificially low. So that's why we're always focused on the guidance and what they're saying about the future. And we're hearing pretty reasonable guidance from a lot of these companies going forward, particularly in terms of the economy growing the second half of the year. So from December 24th through the end of the quarter, the S&P 500 index was up 26%. And we looked at the list, and one of those names that jumps off and is at the top of the list is Amazon. Amazon got a lot of news this past week because the great Warren Buffett started to take a position, which was really shocking to me. It really is, because it's, it's not a train company and it's not Coca-Cola, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, this is different. This is a tech company, by and large, a retailer. And the fact is is that when Berkshire Hathaway, the, the fund that Warren Buffett runs, starts to invest in a company, it really starts, people take notice, obviously. He took a position in Apple, I think it was last year, and now Amazon. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with a company like that when a big shot like Warren Buffett just starts to buy shares. Well, it, it, I, mean, I think we need to clarify that a little bit. It was one of the portfolio managers that works with Warren Buffett. He's kind of outsourced some of the management of that team. Uh, but, but generally speaking, you know, Warren Buffett admits he was an idiot. He's known Jeff Bezos for years. That was his comment. That was his term. Oh, yeah. He called himself an idiot. And, you know, you I looked that stock up 43% from Christmas Eve. I mean, I know any number of value managers who have scoffed at the valuation of that company. But I remember one value manager a long time ago said it was a cheap stock because basically they were spending their profits right. building things like that huge facility we see down in southern Wisconsin. Uh, moving on, you know, there was a controversy that, that came up. You know, one of the things that have driven the market forward over the last number of years, of course, is the tax cut. What are companies doing with that money? One of the things that they're doing is buying back their shares. That was in the middle of the controversy this past week, Derek. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've heard on the on the TV, you know, at CNBC any number of times is, is people come on there and they say that these, these stock buybacks are driving up the S&P 500. That is just patently false, because when a company buybacks its shares, they get retired. The S&P is a float-adjusted index. In other words, only the shares that are actually floating are calculated in the market cap of those companies. So yes, it, the share price may go up subsequent to a buy, you know, a corporate buyback 
plan, but that doesn't affect the S&P 500 index. Just another thing that keeps investors nervous unnecessarily. But at the same time, Derek, it's supply and demand, right? When you start taking shares out of the market and retiring them, it's going to drive that stock price higher, and, and maybe legitimately and maybe artificially, but the fact is, is it's a math problem, right? You're getting to how many shares are outstanding, what's the value of that share, and that equals the capitalization of that company. And Dave, it kind of goes back to your point, and maybe going back to this again, this idea of valuations, not only the valuation of companies, but the valuation of the market as a whole. When you start to look at the S&P 500 at 2940 or wherever it ended the week, you start to think about the earnings season, and is that index supportive of those earnings? Is the earnings reflective? Is it oversold? Is it overbought? Is that number too high? And right now, it's in a pretty comfortable zone. I know we're running up against the break, but there was another IPO that came out this week, Beyond Meats. We're going to have to talk about that one because the IPO market continues to be hot throughout 2019. For sure. 1022 WTMJ. This is Money Talk. Our locations, Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton. We're downtown inside the Fister. Then Annex Everywhere. If you can hear WTMJ, it's easy to communicate with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? Team Tech Trusted Annex Wealth Management, and this is a team segment. Our guest is Stephanie Emmons, Program and Events Manager at Annex Wealth Management. She works closely with a large team of client service managers. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, our clients are no strangers to our client service manager team, but everybody else, tell us what they do. Our client service managers are involved with every aspect of a client's relationship here at Annex. They do everything from get you scheduled to walk in the door and meet with one of our wealth managers, or maybe you're going to meet with our tax planner, or possibly you're going to have a conversation with our estate planning attorney. The service managers help coordinate all those different facets of wealth management and financial planning so that our clients have access to all of our specialists, their paperwork is completed properly, their accounts are being transferred, their accounts are being serviced. And they also serve as a, a friend and kind of a guidepost for our clients throughout their relationship here at Annex, making sure that their needs are met and if they have questions on how to find something or what comes next, the service managers really step in and are allowing the clients to continue to grow their relationship here. They just make sure that our clients are comfortable and they try to anticipate questions that they might have. Sometimes the clients don't even know that they do have those questions, but they're really here to guide them along the way and to make sure that what they need to have to have peace of mind is met. One of the things we talk about is the free portfolio analysis. Uh, would somebody that's interested in working with Annex Wealth Management, would they deal with a client service manager during during that? Um, usually by the time they've decided that they want to work with Annex Wealth Management, they have met one of our client service team. You know, what I've enjoyed as a client of Annex is the ability of the client service manager to navigate situations. I mean, I'm good at some things. I'm not good on the phone when I have to call TD Ameritrade or there's paperwork to wrangle or, or things like that. I'm just not good at that. And if you're listening, folks, it's okay if you're not good at that as well because <laughs> we have a team that can do it for you. And that's exactly why the service team is here is at the heart of it, they're people people. They're great problem solvers and puzzle solvers, you know, and, and they will take this really complex topic, these complex ideas and then the maze, the labyrinth that clients have to go through to get from point A to point B. 
they will make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and so that you don't have to worry about it. It is complicated. And thank goodness we do have services like this so that it doesn't fall on all of our individual clients to try to manage that responsibility. It can be overwhelming and it could be a headache and it can be stressful. And the service managers are really here to help take that away and and get you where you need to go so that you can just enjoy why you're here and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, it's one of the know the difference things. When you work with pros, this is how pros operate. Absolutely, that's true. And and our service team is exactly that. They are a group of wonderful professionals. So we're built and we operate as a team. There's no never a gap. If somebody somebody is out or they're sick or if they leave, we don't miss a beat. No, we don't. The service team especially is is really built around this idea of team. And our team has access to information so that nobody is responsible for just one thing. They really know everything about what's going on in our clients. You know, the service managers have primary responsibilities and there are certainly clients that they will be the primary person that you'll talk to over the course of the relationship. But that doesn't mean that they're isn't a whole team working behind the scenes to make sure that everything is being done and updated and that people go to the bathroom and and they take days off and their kids have field trips. And that's great. And we encourage our staff to be able to to take advantage of those things. So when that does happen, we do have a wonderful team that just steps right up and they have access to the information and they're able to answer the phone or respond to an email and take care of any client request or answer any client questions. So our hope is by building this team dynamic and making sure that our team is empowered to have that information and to to work for the best interest of the clients, that it gives the clients peace of mind, that they don't have to worry about, oh, my guy or my woman is not in the office today. I'm not going to get the information I'm looking for. I'm not going to get that cashiering request done. or I'm not going to get this new account open. Yes, you can. Our team is here. They will take care of our clients' requests. They will make sure that that information is provided and there's no delay in service time. Kind of a big deal. Annex was recently named a top workplace by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And I see that we We've got some opportunities to join the client service team. So if someone listening is interested or they know somebody, here's a chance to join a great company where it's all about the team. That's right. Our client service team is built on this foundation of the team tech and trust. And this really is who we are at, at our foundational core. When we meet someone who has that desire to meet people's needs and to give peace of mind to our clients who are people pleasers and who are problem solvers and who are very organized. We want them to join our team and we welcome them here and we find that they have lots of success in working with our clients. So the first place to start is AnnexWealth.com. Stephanie Ammons, Program and Events Manager, Annex Wealth Management, working closely with our large team of client service managers. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much, Danny. Still to come on Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Uh, Tom Parks will join us. He is Director of Retirement Plan Services. There's coming up a, a great workshop. If you're a CFO or if you're an HR professional or if you hire people and you want to keep people, it's called Defining Wellness. It's excellent. That's on the way on Money Talk. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Team Tech Trust. Here we go, Saturday, May 4th. Time for Ask Annex. If you got a question, you can submit it at AnnexWealth.com. Just look for the Ask button. Our first one, guys, comes from Howard. I have a POD on all bank accounts. That's payable on death, right? Right. Okay. TOD on three stocks, transfer on death. Right on. All right. Quit claim deed on my house and a will that divides everything between my children. All beneficiaries are up to date on insurance and 403B from my spouse. Do I still need a lawyer to oversee this? 
Well, which is very interesting. You know, most people aren't this detailed. The reason why you know we have we talk about estate planning so much is that you want to avoid probate when you can. Probate is comes from the Latin term to prove. And so, if you if you already know where these assets want to go, then you can avoid probate. And that's the reason why we talk to people about that. And that's the reason why these living trusts that are out there. So he's taken a lot of the steps already to make sure that there's beneficiary statements in which would not be in a, in a living trust anyways because they have a beneficiary statement or the registration. Those are the points that you want to drive home with uh, Howard because of the fact that that's what goes into a living trust. Those things that don't have beneficiaries and don't have registrations so the court knows where those assets can go. And the, He's done an excellent job and congratulations on that. But there's some other elements there too, Dave. Of course, there's there's healthcare powers and there's financial powers and things like that that come into play. So titling of assets is a really important thing, putting that continuity in place, staying out of the very public eye of probate if you want to, and using the trust, as you said, the living trust or the name beneficiary. But it doesn't mean you're done. It means you still should be looking at estate planning from a healthcare power, a financial power. There's other pieces to that pie, and, and we'd invite you to do those things as well. And I just want to clarify, he says, do I still need a lawyer to oversee this? Well, the lawyer is to draft the documents. It is not to oversee that. And so once that document is drafted, you put in your safety deposit box and it stays there. They don't have to oversee it. There's not ongoing fees over and past that. It's Money Talk Annex Wealth Management. Ask Annex. Next one comes from Lisa. Does Annex notify clients when portfolios are rebalanced? So, Derek, you know, you know, we do this often, and a lot of times I've seen other firms rebalance based to a calendar, and obviously you know that I'm vehemently opposed to that. Talk a little bit about what the rebalancing process is. I mean, basically, what the rebalancing process is, it looks at the various holdings in a portfolio and, and against our target allocations, and to the degree that they're out of line, it basically brings things back into line. And and so, you know, I'm watching the markets, the investment community's watching the markets all the time. I know when parts of our portfolio are doing better than others. And at some point, it becomes really advantageous to sell something on strength and buy something on weakness to get a better lower average cost. And we do that on a regular basis, primarily when the market conditions give us an opportunity to do it in in an effectual way. Now, the question, Mark, is Lisa asks, does Annex notify the clients? That's a different question. It is. And it's an important thing because it's one of the safeties that you should have as investors. Because when you think about firms that are out there that are self-contained, right, where you have discretionary authority for the advisor and they're the clearing firm as well, there is the possibility that something's going on in your account and you don't notice it, right? When you work with an independent advisor, we use independent custodians, third-party custodians. It's not annex. There's not a vault at the annex office where we keep your stocks and your bonds, et cetera. We use TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab and Fidelity, huge players in the transaction and custodial business. And uh, we get some insurances from them. But what the client gets out of it is the checks and balance. They get that statement in the mail that says this: there has been a trade in your account, and this is what was bought, and this is what it was sold. To long answer to your question, Lisa, yes, we notify the client. Tony's our next one. My wife and I don't agree on risk tolerance. How does Annex work with situations like this? Well, they're, they're like every couple, right? I'm not <laughs> sure that any husband and wife agree on everything. But, you know, what we do is we go through the process of understanding the risk tolerances. And oftentimes, Danny, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll ask the questions with the couple there. And the husband might say, I'm all in. I want to go to 100% equities. And the, the wife is sitting behind her with giving the, the cutoff sign that, no, they, we're not going to do 
do that. You've seen that a time or two. Well, one, one, and we get a kick out of that. But we walk through that process and we go through and we put it up on the screen to say, how are we going to handle this? Now, remember, it's not cookie cutter. You can't go to a magazine or a website or a computer and say, how am I going to handle this? Because a couple that's both 65 years old might be different. For example, you know, she might have been a doctor or they might have inherited some money. All 65-year-olds are not the same. We have to go through that process on what it looks like, what their risk tolerance is, and what their goals are, Mark. It certainly starts with a conversation, but that's why we have people come into our offices and they sit down and we have thoughtful conversations. And when you get to the point where you start thinking through your relationship with money and how you really feel about risk, we often find that the husband and wife come someplace in the middle where they're, where everybody's comfortable. It's like everything else in a marriage. It's about compromise. We get to the point where everybody's comfortable with the risk portfolio, and then we go forward. And it's as easy as going to AnnexWealth.com. Hit that Get Started button. It's a simple process. We'll get some contact information from you, a little bit more information. The most important thing is we'll ask about you, and then we'll start the process. So here we are in early May. I'd say by mid-May, we can get you going. It's that easy. AnnexWealth.com, and just hit that Get Started button. Time is money. Make the most of yours with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management, and this is a team segment. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex, he and his team work with companies to build strong retirement plans that benefit employees because great benefits are key to attracting and retaining employees. And we all know there's a little competition for employees nowadays. Tom, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Also joining the conversation, Ashley Johnson, a benefits consultant at the Star Group, a Milwaukee-based company providing insurance and risk solutions. So Ashley, the Star Group has an excellent reputation for doing things well, highest degree of integrity. Thank you for joining us. Great to be here. So am I correct about the importance of great benefits package when hiring and retaining employees? I mean, there's a real hiring shootout right now, isn't there? There is. And honestly, we hear it all the time every time we're talking with clients or prospects about the difficulties in retaining and attracting talent and how difficult it is because they have competitors out there that might have better benefit packages. Absolutely. And that transitions over into retirement plans as well. And one of the things, you know, the reason I ask Ashley to join us is because when you're an employer and you're trying to balance those things, it's all part of the compensation package. It's really important that you look at it as a complete picture. So guys, how long has this whole employer wellness concept been around and how has it changed since the early days? Actually, it's been around for quite a while, but what we've seen, especially with the changes in the ACA, we saw a lot more of that wellness coming to the forefront. And we really see now that, especially with the Millennial Task Force and everyone coming in, that having wellness and well-being and having a work-life balance is a huge part of programs these days for benefits. What we've seen is that it goes beyond just the trying to get premiums down on insurance. It's really more about the culture of your organization, having people who are more productive at work. It's a combination of both health and financial, all those things really work together. And it's something that people are spending a lot more time focusing on. Speaking of culture, Ashley, that's kind of your thing, right? Strong proponent of the culture. Having a goal of a strong company culture is one thing, but really doing it, that's that's totally different. That's the hard part. It is. And, you know, that is one of the things every day we live it, we breathe it at the Star Group. And we really want to work with our clients and our prospects to be able to bring that to them as well. But it's 
it's not something that can just happen overnight. It takes time. It's something that we call it culture by design at the SAR Group. But really, it's something that you have to build. And we've been working on it for over eight years at the SAR Group and seen a lot of changes through that. So it's not something that you can just click that magic button and make it happen. Ashley Johnson is a benefits consultant at the Star Group. Tom Parks is director of retirement plan services at Annex Wealth Management. And our two companies are collaborating on an event this month. That's right. So later on this month, on May 21st, we are hosting Defining Wellness, how building a better benefits package improves the bottom line. And this is where, again, the collaboration is really important because wellness is more than just reducing premiums. It has to do with the culture. It has to do with the bottom line, both from what are you spending on benefits to how productive are your employees and how are you going about distributing those dollars that you have? Because everyone has limited dollars, right? So this is something that we thought it would be great to team up on because we have different areas of expertise and we're really excited to be putting this on. So who should go to it? Anyone who's really looking to learn how to retain and attract their talent that they have. Again, you mentioned it earlier that it is such a hard hiring place to be right now. So anyone who can really look to they want to learn more about culture, more about how to bring well-being to the workforce, and also on looking at everything as more of a holistic approach. A lot of times when you look at wellness, sometimes it just focuses on how they're doing on the outside. It's not really looking at how they are at home, at work, and how they feel throughout the day. The thing that'll be unique about this, and the reason we structured it the way we did, is it's going to appeal both to the HR directors and to the controllers, the CFOs, the owners of the small companies, because it's it's all these different things. It is culture. It is wellness. It is the bottom line. It's trying to tie all those together and help people better understand how does it work. Because I think a lot of people, they hear this wellness and they think it's a buzzword. And what we want to do is kind of take away some of the mystery, help identify some of these terms and put it into a context that will be useful that people can then go and do something with once they head back to the office. This panel discussion group, you get some heavy hitters in there. Yes, we do. So we put together, I think, a really great agenda. We're going to have the opportunity for some CE for people who need those credits. We've got people from State Street Global Advisors. We have people from Fidelity. We got someone from Great West, U.S. Health Center, Predictamed. So it's a broad spectrum of people who have different experiences throughout the wellness industry to come together and provide that perspective. Breakfast and lunch? Absolutely. We want, you know, there's nothing quite like a free meal and we figured make it too, right? So we're going to start early in the morning. We want people to show up around 7.30. We're going to kick things off at around 8. We have a pretty packed schedule, but we also understand that professionals are busy and they need to get back to work. So we're going to, at the end, have a grab and go lunch, get everyone back to the work so that they can finish their day strong. Another thing I'm really excited about and I think it will be great to see is actually the peer breakout sessions. Getting a chance for those different companies to be able to talk to each other, see what others are doing, other companies similar to them, other HR, just so they can really have those real conversations about what to do to retain and attract and bring those better benefits to their workplace. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And Ashley Johnson, Benefits Consultant at the Star Group. Thanks for being here, and I hope we see you again. It was great to be here, and hopefully I'm back soon. Okay, that happens uh, May 21st. May 21st, called Defining Wellness. going to be an excellent workshop. Another one that we've got coming up is Destination Retirement. Are we there yet? If you're thinking about retirement a couple of years away, want to get some great information in a no-pressure, no-sales environment. That happens on the 15th of this 
this month at our Mequon location, our Mequon location, again, Destination Retirement, are we there yet? Head to AnnexWealth.com, just click the Events tab up in the upper right of AnnexWealth.com, up in the upper right, just click Events. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. Don't settle for less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. And we're back. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. It's Team Tech Trust. AnnexWealth.com is the website. Get that free portfolio analysis. The Beyond Meat IPO. That was a big deal last week. It was an IPO. And you remember back in the day there was uh, a young lady who was in a commercial and she used to say, where's the beef? Do you recall that, Danny? I don't remember her as young, but I remember, yeah, Clara Peller. Claire she was, was an icon. Yeah, she was an icon. And, you know, you, you wonder what, what's going on. But there is this thing called plant-based proteins. And one of the IPOs that came out this week was called Beyond Meat, Mark. Yeah, it's really an interesting concept. Uh, you know, it's, it's a plant-based protein. Essentially, what they're doing is they're taking the animal out of the equation. They're saying the animal doesn't have to eat the plant so you can eat the beef. We're just going to make it right into beef. And I this, think it's a kind of an interesting concept. This is because we didn't, we refused to fall for the bean burger. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, course. right. God's but sake. this is huge. And the the one that gets most of the attention is this thing called the Impossible Burger, mm-hmm. but that's that's a private company. So, so it's a so, different company, and that's Burger King has this, as I recall, mm-hmm. right? And so this is another thing that we're going to start seeing this around. But Mark, where's Beyond Meat? Where are they going to sell this product? Well, right now they they have some distribution, and they have it in Whole Foods, and they have it in TGIFs and some A&W restaurants in Canada. But until I see one of these things on a grill at Miller Park <laughs> or out at Lambeau Field, I don't know. Or in I, your backyard. Exactly. Well, it's never going to probably be in my backyard. I, you know, I got the smoker back there and all that kind of stuff. But the fact is, is you start thinking about the IPO market, right? So are these companies making money? I think that that's one thing. We had Lyft a couple weeks ago, hasn't made money. Uh, Beyond Meat has yet to make money, the way I understand it, at least. So we're in a situation where people are rushing out to buy shares. This thing priced at $25 a share quickly went to $70 a share. On Friday, I think it was in the low 70s. And you start thinking about that as a hot issue. People say, I want in on that. But you have to be careful with IPOs, right, guys? Because, I mean, usually what you're doing is you're finding the insiders right now are buying all the shares. And then when the individual investor, our listeners, or firms like ours come in to buy those shares, we're buying them at a, a premium. And then they tend to come back when that lockup period expires and the insiders start selling their shares. Now we have supply in the market, and the price comes back down. So be careful about rushing out and buying these things. The, the way I look at it, Mark, is it's just a reflection on people's appetite for risk, pun intended. I mean, you know, when a stock like that trades at that kind of valuation that quickly, with really no path to profitability as yet, and lots of expenses in front of them, and obviously there's going to be some competition. Well, I mean, what's Tyson Foods going to do? They're not just going to cede control of the $1.3 trillion uh, global meat market I or did the $270 billion U.S. meat market. And I think beef futures took a little bit of a hit on Friday. I don't know if they recovered. It's always a competitive market, right? Whenever something new comes to market, this is not a vegan product per se. It's just, this is a product that's designed to take the animal out of the equation. So there's, there's human Human rights are there. There's animal rights people that are that are hot for this and and all that kind of stuff. But again, I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens with that company. I think the bigger picture is to be careful of IPOs and and just jumping into a company that you don't understand. So switching gears, it is May, and there's an old saying, an adage that says "sell in May and go away." The historical perspective of that is that the first and fourth quarters of the year usually do better, and the second and third quarters not as much. But Derek, you have some numbers to that. Yeah, over the last 50 years, that has been true. The Dow on 
on average up 0.3% during the uh, May to October period, but up 7.6% the balance of the year. But over the last five years, the, the difference hasn't been nearly as stark, 4.3% versus 5.5. So again, it's another one of these Wall Street truisms that caused people to panic and make bad decisions. What you got to do is focus on fundamentals and, and let the fundamentals drive your decision making, not the calendar. And you know, part of that, guys, is that it used to be that the traders, per se, would go out to the Hamptons, right, for the summer, and there was no volume. That kind of really changed the market. And then they would come back after Labor Day, and they'd pick up where they left off. That's not true anymore. You take your iPhone with you, your laptop, or whatever it is, you're still trading in the market. And the other problem with that, of course, guys, is your market timing. You have to know which day in May to get out and which day in November to get back in. And that's a really difficult decision. And over the last five years, you'd have missed 5 or 6% per year in the market had you followed that strategy. Well, then think about it after taxes even worse. So, you know, that kind of strategy we don't do. We rebalance, which in some ways is taking advantage of, of volatility disparities between various asset classes, but clearly that's not market timing. Okay, it's a TV show, but is Billions, is that the Hamptons? I'm not sure. I actually thought it was Connecticut, but it, it could be. I mean, I grew up there. I mean, I mean, I knew people out there, spent a lot of time out there years ago. And yes, there are some very large homes in the Hamptons. I was at a Hampton Inn once, so that's my... <laughs> Mark Oswald on a high note ends the show. Thank you, Dave Spano. Thank you, Derek Felsky. And thank you, everybody. Again, if you've got any questions, if you'd like to uh, get that free portfolio analysis, it is easy. All you got to do is go to AnnexWealth.com and uh, click the Get Started button. It's a very quick process, and we will get you going. We'll see you in a week. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.